Good morning. So I'm Josh. I'm the new guy, Beckley, and that's about as far as we'll go with that. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm an only child, and so I have been known over the years. My mom used to make fun of me because I tell on myself. And the more I sit and, and worship, the more frustrated I am with myself right now because we are talking about money today. I'm just going to go and spill the beans, and I hate talking about money. But there is a much deeper root, and I'm frustrated with myself, and I apologize to first service because I do not like how I, I just don't like it. So we're going to pull the Band-Aid off a little bit today. And I want to share with you something that I shared with the Beckley campus last week. And it's going to be in your business. It's probably going to make a few of you feel uncomfortable, but that's okay. So before we get too weird, if you got somebody, you, you fellas, if your wife is sitting beside you, give her a little smoochie. If you, if you got a friend with you, give them a high five. You know, get all cozy. Everybody get, come on now, boys. Give them a kiss. Come on. There we go. It's so sweet. Now, if you're single like me, don't be kissing on nobody. That's just weird. Hey, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, you guys ready to roll into this? All right. If you would, stand with me. We're going to jump right into the book of James. We're in chapter 5. We're almost done with the book of James. So if you have your Bible, hop there to J James chapter 5. If not, go ahead and hop on your feet with me. And we're going to read God's Word. James chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, Come now, you rich, weep, and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and corro their corrosion will be evidence against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up a treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. So, Father, we praise you for the day. Lord, I pray that you would just move in this place this morning. I am so thankful to be here with my brothers and sisters because we are not here. And if anybody thinks that they are here for themselves, we are not here to be fed. Lord, we are not here to get something out of We are not here to be takers. Lord, we are here to be givers, to worship your precious name, Lord Jesus, and to give to you for all the marvelous things you've done for us. Mainly, Lord, that you came and you bled and died for us. You went to a cross, Lord Jesus, and you died on that cross. And you, you you were buried, and three days later you rose from the dead. And so I pray, Lord Jesus, that this morning we will be so passionate about worshiping you that you will open our ears and our eyes that we may see and hear and our, our minds that we may perceive what you have for us this morning. Be glorified, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'll just go ahead and go ahead and sit down. You don't have to stand the whole time. I mean, if you want to stand, that would be pretty awkward because then I'm up here being awkward and you're going to be awkward and everybody's going to look at you instead of me, and that's just weird. First service, we were talking about money. Here's the truth of the matter. And I, this is something, when it comes to money and offering, we talk about it, you know, it's, it's just an unfortunate part of it. If, if, if you've got a problem with giving, if you come in here all grumpy pants, and you're all grouchy because you've got to give some money because you'd rather spend it in Florida next week, put it back in your pocket and go spend it in Florida next week. If you, if you get online with your app, and you're like, oh, man, I've got to give... Whatever amount of money, man, I, I, I can't afford to do this. I got to pay some money. Go pay your light bill. Don't be grumpy. If, if you don't want to give, 
Don't give. And here's why. Paul said to the Corinthian church, and I'm not, I'm not grouchy, I promise, I'm just getting to a point here. So bear with me. Paul told the Corinthian church in chapter 9, verse 6, he said, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And man, he loves when we give out of the abundance of our heart. He loves when we say, because of what you've done for me, Lord, this is yours. We're not putting something in the, in the bank. Just, we're, we're not putting an offering plate just so we can go to heaven. It's not your, your monopoly get-out-of-hell-free card. You're not paying so you can go to heaven one day. And if you think that, you're crazy because nobody can buy their way out of hell. Your salvation is based solely on Jesus Christ, His blood, His death, His resurrection. But your rewards... And my rewards are based on what we do and what we say. Here's three hard truths. Sometimes we need somebody to be real honest with us because our focus today is faith that works when we're honest. Honest money, I know it's tough, but we'll get to that part here in a minute. And sometimes we need to be real honest with ourselves about our situation. But ultimately, we need to be honest with God. And if we're honest with ourselves, and we're honest with God this morning, look around. And I know camp's starting. And I would say the same thing in Beckley. But look at all the empty seats. And I'm not coming up here just to throw zingers. Bear with me for a minute. There are a lot of empty seats in here. And you guys are the main campus. You know, I heard something from somebody, and I don't know that this is exactly true, but they said to me one time, the greatest single reason why people don't come to church today is because nobody ever asked them. We can sit here, and I can, like I did in first service, and talk to you about money, Money's not really the issue, is it? It's a deeper heart issue because it's out of the joy and out of the appreciation and out of the gratitude of our hearts that we give back to God. Why? Because of what He's done for us. He saved us from our sins. If you can't remember, think back to the worst thing you've ever done. Think back to the worst sinful part of your life. Before you got saved, think about how rotten you were. And I don't like to think about my, my old self. And if, if you're honest, I think all of us could say, I'm not who I necessarily want to be right now, but praise God, I'm not who I once was. Amen? Amen? Oh, church, you guys might get excited. Hey, This morning, I'm not going to sit here and hound you about offering. I can't do it. Because there's a verse that we just read that all week has been bugging me, and I, I try to ignore it a little bit in first service, and I will not do it again. And here's what it says. In James, find my spot. James, chapter 5, in verse 3, it says, Your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you, and will eat 
your flesh like fire. And that's not the part that was bugging me. Here's the part that was bugging me, and and James kind of sneaks this in. And he says, you have laid up treasure last days. And I told him in first service, and I'll tell you guys the same thing, I love end time stuff. And last week we talked about this in Beckley. If you go through Matthew chapter 24, and you read 2 Timothy chapter 3, and you read through those scriptures where Peter and Paul and Jesus talks about these end times, if you go to Revelation and you start going down a list of all the things that are going to take place before Jesus returns, if you go through Matthew 24 and 2 Timothy chapter 3, you can start checking them off, and every one of them are happening right now as we speak at the same time. Even the crazy earthquakes in various places. And Jesus said, when you see these things take place, it's the beginning of birth pains. And I'm looking at some children in here, some young ladies and young men in here who are maybe adults, but you're still kids to me. Hey, you came from a mama and a daddy, right? So all of us in here came from a mama and a daddy, right? I didn't get back to the transgender thing from last week. That was, that was a rough one. That was rough. This world, this world, kids, is not your home. This world is not your home. And I'm not preaching an end-time sermon, but we have to understand something, kids. We have to understand something, adults. This world is dying. This world is dying, and it's not going to get any better. And so I want you to stop for a minute. I want you to look at your children. I want you to look at your grandchildren, and I want you to look at these empty seats. It doesn't matter how many camps we have going on. It doesn't matter that first service had X amount, so we'll just you know, fill in the rest. No, this should be filled. Beckley should be filled. Marmette should be filled. Tays Valley should be filled. Why? Because we should be so passionate for Jesus Christ because of what he has done for us, knowing that he's coming back for us one day, that we can't help but go out into the bridges where the homeless are and humble ourselves enough without having somebody sneaking like they do on Facebook and sneaking over around the corner and filming it so they can get some money off of it. No, 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 not the self-righteous stuff. When you go and humbly go and, and talk to somebody and share the gospel with them, when you go to work, and you're willing to take a chance on getting fired so that you can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with your coworkers. When you go to school kids and you love Jesus so much that you go and share the gospel with your friends. And I will tell you this, the kids, the kids are the best evangelists in our world today. Because adults, I'm with you in this, we stink it up. We are not the greatest at evangelism. But your kids are absolutely phenomenal. From children's ministry, we know they're good. That's how how it builds. Those kids, they don't care. They don't care if you're white. They don't care if you're black. They don't care if you come from whatever. They don't care if you're Muslim. They don't care if you're whatever. They don't care if you stink because they all stink. They don't care. They just go and tell. Now let's get back on track. Look back around at all the empty seats. And I know there were some kids that went to youth group. But look at the empty seats. I guarantee you there's plenty of those in Beckley too. And the question is why? 
and we can ask our, we, we can ask ourselves, well, why, I wonder why such and such isn't given like they should. Well, I wonder why, I wonder why when we put out a VBS sign-up sheet and we beg for help that nobody signs up. I wonder why we have to scrounge for somebody to come into children's church just to sit with some kids. I wonder why that is. And I'm going to tell you guys, it's a heart problem. And it's another thing. It's a lack of passion. And so if you're a kid, if you are a teenager, or if you're in college, would you please stand up? Come on, kids. Oh, that's not all of you, is there? I see some of y'all in the back now. I, I want to share something with you that I shared with, with uh, oh, hey, I see you back there. Now, you, you got to stand up. Don't be, don't be shy. Hey, listen, you guys are the best evangelists in the world today because you don't care about the things that we care about. And I am so thankful for you all, and I'm so proud of you guys. I am proud of you guys. Because we sit here and we get caught up in things like money and we get selfish as adults and we like our stuff. And then we get selfish about our time as we get older, right, adults? And we get, we get to thinking, well, I've got to do this or I've got to get this done. And we sacrifice our time with God and in ministry so that we can do things that really don't have a bearing in life other than to make us a little more wealthy or a little more this or a little more that. That does not matter. And so kids, here is my plea for you. The world does not need another spoiled, rotten child to go out and to be selfish and to throw your TikTok videos everywhere and to be half-dressed, run around like a knothead and acting a fool. The world doesn't need that because the world is already full of that. What the world needs today is for you young people to stand up and say enough is enough, and you choose Jesus. If you're a little one, young, 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 or if you're older, older, son, son. I got you. The world needs you to stand up and to be godly men and godly women and to set that example. Okay, have a seat. I'm, not, I'm done with you guys. If you're able to, parents and grandparents, would you please stand? If you're raising a child, i got to come down for a minute. I'm sorry, back there, John. Church, the world does not need another parent who is so focused on patting their piggy bank that they spend so much time at work that their kids are growing up by themselves. The world does not need more money in your bank. The world does not need more stuff for your kids. The world does not need another trip to Disney World. The world does not need a bigger pool in your backyard. I'll tell you what the world needs, church. The world needs you as mom and dads and grandmamas and granddaddies to get in here with tears in your eyes, raising your hands up to God with such passion because you're so in love with Jesus Christ that there's nothing else that you'd rather do on this day at this moment than to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. That is what the world is waiting for. The world does not need you parents to go out and to get more stuff or to do more stuff. The world needs you to be passionate about Jesus, and they need to see you be passionate about Jesus. And now take a look at your kids for a second. 
And remember your kids that are back here. They need to see you come in here and weep before God for your family. They need to see you in here with passion about serving Jesus Christ. They need to hear from you that you are excited to go and help out with the kids even though they make their hair fall out like it did mine. They need to see you excited about going and helping at VBS or going to camp. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it costs you a week of vacation, but who cares? Because we give sacrificially, because that's who we are, because our master and our Lord gave sacrificially. And that's who we are, church. And so I can sit up here and gripe about money and giving, but that doesn't matter. What matters is to be passionate followers in love with Jesus. And have a seat. And thanks for listening to my rant. And I promise you, I'm not mad at you. I've got 17 years of youth and children's ministry in me, and I've, I've seen the best and the worst out of people. And it all happened in the church. But church, we are something different. Not because we're special. We're not better than the world. An old guy named Leonard Ravenhill, he's one of my favorite old preachers. He's a squeaky, squeaky-voiced old English dude. And here's what he said. There's two types of people in this world. There are those who are dead in their sins, and there are those who are dead to their sins. We are dead to our sins. We have been redeemed. And so when we start looking at things like giving, when we talk about giving of our time and our talents and our treasures, that should be second nature. That should be second nature. It should never, it should never be an, a thought or an issue, gee, I wonder if I'm going to give an offering. You know, there's no tithe in the New Testament for us as Gentiles. We're not commanded to give tenth of all we have. But Paul, he tells us in 2 Corinthians that God loves a cheerful giver, that we should give what we've decided in our hearts. So let's do that. Let's give from the heart. Let's give of our time. Let's give of our talents. Let's give of our treasures from the heart and do it joyfully. Knowing that when you give money, it is going to ministering the gospel to those who are lost, is going to minister to those who are youngsters, is going to minister to those who may be older. I don't know what all ministries you guys have going on, but I really, I, I love, love your recovery ministry. Love it. I've worked with folks in recovery ministries before. Absolutely love it, and I'm so happy that you guys are doing that. Invest in it. Because when you invest in a new truck, when you invest in a new boat, I'd love to have a bass boat, but I sold mine. I've regretted it ever since. Still, still hurt about it. But that's okay. When you invest in the good things, when you invest in Phil and those kids back there, when you invest in the ministries that are taking place, when you invest in those things, when you invest with your time, when you invest in your, with your talents, when you invest with your treasures, you are not just buying something. You are investing in a soul. And if you spend all that money and all that time and all that talent on one soul and they get saved, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. Church, the world does not need another congregation 
who is so inwardly focused that we're real good Christians in here. And I'm not picking on this congregation. I'm talking about as a whole, the church. That we're real good in here and we love each other and we sing and we praise and we give and we do our stuff. And then we go out into this world and nobody can tell a difference. One of the predominant themes of our study in James is this, that when Jesus has changed your life, when he has affected you, when he has impacted you, you look different. You can't help it. You can't help but talk different. You can't help but treat people different. You can't help but love a little more. You can't help but give a little more. And it's not because you're just trying to be a holy roller. It's because you can't help it. The Holy Spirit inside of you is leading you and guiding you to do things you never thought you could do. And the world will say, hey, you don't need to give that. That's, you're, you're, you're taking away time from your family. You're taking away time for this. Or you can spend that money on something else. But what they don't understand is, church, our God has promised us that all these things that we do now, all these seeds that we plant, and all these seeds that we water, God's going to give the increase. And not only that, but he is going to reward us on that day. Worship team's going to be heading this way. Here is my plea, and I don't care what campus it is or what church or what denomination it may be. It doesn't matter. As brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, let's go be the church. And let's go show a lost and dying world exactly what it means to follow Jesus. Let's go set the example. Your kids, they do a great job. They're really good. But as adults, we're missing something. We're missing that passion. And I learned something about four years ago. I'd been in ministry for about 13 years. And I realized how much I neglected my God. I hate telling this story because I'm getting older and you get emotional when you get older. So kids, that's not something to look forward to. But here's the thing. I found out one night, I decided that my, I knew the Lord had been working on me because my prayer life stunk. And I realized finally what it meant to get into your prayer closet. And I began to seek him. One night, he broke me. He broke my poor attitude. He broke my laziness. And he laid it all out before me. And hours of praying on my knees. And he changed me. And the only way, church, that we can be a church that God has called us to be, the only way that you can be the Christian that God desires for you to do is for him to, him to break you. You've got to get into your prayer closet. Yes, if you have to go stick your ear in in a, in a closet, do it. The first time I tried it, I was half in my closet. My legs were sticking out, and it was ridiculous. And finally, I realized I found my prayer spot, and it was right beside my bed. And that's where it is. Get by yourself. Get away from the family, get away from the work, get away from the TV, get away from the cell phone, and just get by yourself with the Lord and do it daily. And I will promise you this much. If you will start to seek him like that, he'll break you. And you better hold on because it's rough at first, but it's so, so awesome at the end.
And when he breaks you and he shows you, you'll find out that the more you spend that time in the prayer closet, the more time you desire to be in your prayer closet. And you'll realize that the further you get, you get in Scripture, the deeper you start to get into Scripture, because that's where we really feed ourselves. That's where we're fed, is when we study and when we get in our prayer closets and we really seek the Lord. Because here, if you think that this is where you get fed, and then you go out the rest of the week, you're starving your soul. But when you get into that prayer closet, you find yourself desiring more and desiring more. And you're going to start to see some things happen. And I hate to tell you this for your piggy bank, but you're going to start to have this conviction where you're going to start to want to invest in a ministry. You're going to start to want to give more to other people. And you're going to start to want to take more time away from your job or whatever it may be. And you're going to want to start investing more in your kids. And not just at the ball field while you're watching them while little Johnny and Susie run around playing ball. But you're going to want to invest in them in ways where you can teach them about Jesus, where you can nurture them and grow them so that they're not so impacted by the world and go off and veer off what we talked about last week. You're going to start to see changes happen, and you're going to start to have a passion built inside of you that you don't understand. And here's what I can tell you. It's the work of the Holy Spirit, and it is awesome. And I wish I could stand up here and say that it's perfect and I'm perfect and I, you know, I got it down pat. I have nothing down pat, and I'm probably the least qualified person to stand up here and say any of this stuff because truly, I fail all the time. But the, the best lesson that I've ever learned is that when I get in my prayer closet, when I get in His Word, and I seek Him, man, something changes. And church, we need you to be passionate about Jesus. And all these other things, the giving, building funds, going to camp, all, all that stuff will be taken care of. That stuff will work itself out because the Lord will lead you. That's, that's a symptom of the problem. This world needs you, church, to be the light. The world needs you to get outside these walls and to be the Jesus of the Bible. And so, Father, thank you for the day. I am so thankful for this church. I am so thankful for the second service crew, Lord. I'm so thankful for our, our kids in all four campuses. I'm so thankful for all the adults in all four campuses. I'm so grateful that you have provided so much for us. And I pray, Lord Jesus, God, I, I pray that you would move us in a mighty way, that you would fill us with passion for you and a hunger and a thirst for just more of you, Lord. And so I pray, Lord Jesus, that if there is anybody in here today who has never surrendered to you, Lord Jesus, that they would surrender today, that they would turn away from this world and they'd follow you faithfully. Save them today, Lord. Draw them out of the darkness and into your marvelous light. And Lord, I pray for us as Christians, if we have not been walking with you like we should, I pray for my brothers and sisters. It's not going to be fun. It's ugly looking. It's, it's, there's a lot of tears, but Lord, I pray that you break us. Break us, oh God. Break us and mold us back to be what you desire for us to be. Make us to be the people that you want us to be, that you create us, created us to be. Lord, help us to love you with all our heart and soul, mind, and strength. To love our neighbor as ourself. To go and to be the church. So, Lord, thank you for all that you do. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name.